You're listening to Beyond Synth, the best synthwave chat show there is. Hey there, and welcome to the show. This is Beyond Synth, episode 340. And on today's show, I will be chatting with Lavenue. Yes, Jesse is his name, and he makes really cool music. And we're going to get to that in just a bit. So just a few quick updates. Not that these are really that important, but uh, I'm going to scale back some of the Beyond Synth social media presence a bit. Not that there really is much, but I have a lot of projects I want to get going. And to be honest with you, I find it fascinating that I have literally been complaining about Twitter for like eight years and yet continue to use it. It's weird. It's like being in an abusive relationship or something, you know, it's like I just constantly talk about how much this thing sucks. And yet, you know, I'm still posting stuff to Twitter and, you know, every week it does take, you know, a fair amount of time to like just do all the social media posts about the uh, the latest episode. So anyway, there still will be a Beyond Synth Twitter account, but at this point, I don't even know if I'm going to post to it anymore. I might just have just a pinned tweet that just has like Beyond Synth links and, uh close the inbox. I still enjoy Instagram. That seems to be the the social media that I do enjoy. I like uh, seeing all the artists I follow's updates. You know, I get to scroll through there and see people playing keyboards and showing their musical ideas and concert photos and stuff. So I just find it to be a lot more pleasant place. And I really just want to get rid of all distractions so I can focus on the upcoming Beyond Synth live streams, which uh, still... (laughs) date to be determined, but it's going to be a very silly show. I'm curious to see how people respond because this... <laughs> but anyway, look, let's go uh, chat with Lavenue. We'll listen to a cool song from Lavenue and then we'll talk to him. I should say that Beyond Synth is brought to you by my amazing Patreon supporters, so I'd like to do a shout out to the kings of the Pattersons. Of course, the amazing Mike Shima, Mr. Chris Dance, Mystery Donor and Dennis LaFunk and with the 5666 we got Mike Erdahl and in the $50 Club Brandon Decker and Mr. Tim Carlton then there's my semi-sonic friend Jacob Wick Retro Serenade with a 41-1A1 and Dinner Doug with the 3456 hope you're all having a lovely day and now let's listen to this this is Boulevard by Lavenue and then when the song is over we will be in conversation with Lavenue
right, well, I am here right now with Lavin Yu, a.k.a. Jesse, is that correct? It is. How's it going, man? Very, very good, thank you. How are you? I'm great. This is the best day of my life. <laughs> well, I'm pleased to have made your best day. Yeah, man. Of your life. Yeah, it was all downhill in the morning, but then... Uh, what am I? It's still morning. It's 10 a.m. over here. And you remembered you were interviewing me, and, and uh, the, the birds flew out of the trees, the sun suddenly shone, there was a gentle mist across the fields, and the day was just better. Pretty much. All of that stuff, except the mist. Damn. Unfortunately. Damn. I work better when there's a mist outside, because then it makes me feel like... <laughs> You know when it's a nice day and it's like you almost feel guilty if you're on your computer because you should be outside? Correct. Yeah, I know that. You know, when it's a nice cloudy day, I don't know if you get many cloudy days over there. What, in England? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about. Anyways, listen, I know zero about you, Ooh. apart from that your name is Jesse. So we're going we're gonna to go on a fact-finding expedition today. But I should point out that uh, Jesse, I'm going to talk about you in the third person. I'm trying new things today. Okay. Is a very talented guy who makes really awesome music and definitely has a, a style that sort of sets you apart from a lot of other stuff I hear. And when you first started making tunes, and I'm like, these are cool. And then I know at one point people were always saying like get lavenue on i think uh, oh, wow. uh martin you, you know martin larby yeah patrick fakeman he's all like you gotta interview lavenue man and that was <laughs> i'm going to apologize but that was probably two and a half years ago so <laughs> well, I, 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 I can finally pay him that five pound note yeah yeah <laughs> for that club. Yeah. So, you know, people whose opinions I respect, you see, and that's the important thing. Wow. When you dazzle the right people, you um, that's not an expression, so I can't finish it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm a bit of a Bobby Dazzler. I go around dazzling. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's my thing. Yeah. Like Avenue Dazzling. Yeah. So what's what's your deal, man? <laughs> what's my deal? God, that's a broad stroke. Well, I mean, first I should say... It, Dude, it is an honor to be on with you. And in fact, when I started this journey with this project, your show, outside of Forever Synth, I think you played the first ever La Avenue track, which was Business Talk. And um, you were having a lot of fun with the title of that track, I recall. Maybe I was a bit giddy. I don't know. What would I say about business talk? That sounds pretty straightforward to no, me. No, yeah, you were just having fun with a business talk. Business talk. Oh, yeah. Business talk. <laughs> something like that. It, it was it was most amusing. But, hey, you know, thanks very much. You, I, I was honored that you played it straight out. And um, that was really, really cool. And that was must have been June, July 2019. Well, look at that. Yeah. And here I am, finally arrived as a guest on your show, and I'm honored to be here. You know, when I was going back and picking tracks for today, yeah, and uh, and then seeing, like, oh, yeah, like he was like putting out music in 2019, and to me, that feels recent. Yeah, yeah. But then I'm like, I keep forgetting that there's those deleted years. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, right, we're in 2022. <laughs> like, that is, you know, yeah. that's... I know it's bizarre. I, I have exactly the same feeling. It feels like, you know, you're kind of robbed of two years. But mm. yet, we did carry on. And the, the joke of it is, I mean, I've put out quite a lot of stuff in the, this couple of years. and But it still feels like I didn't kind of do anything. <laughs> This weird feeling. Yeah. Hey, no, you've you've got quite a bit done, man. I have. I've been a busy boy. Yeah, be proud, Jesse. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I shall. I shall. <laughs> <laughs> 
So when did you start making tunes? Oh my god, I'd have to um, tell you my real age and then shoot you after that. I've been doing music for as long as I can remember, and I've had I've actually had several projects prior to this which were in different genres but my my love of the synth kind of took over and i parked those projects and actually i've had other people sort of saying when are you going to get back to finishing blar off and blar off and i'm like i don't know if i am now because this project's just sort of taken off and um, it's just so much fun what was the other stuff? Did you actually release that stuff online? Yeah, 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 yeah. I had, um, with various labels, and I had a project called Positive Flow, which was kind of neo-soul, broken beat, tinge of, you know, hip-hop, and it was kind of a bit of a melting pot of all things jazz and jazz and soul. I had a drum and bass project prior to that called Ultra Vibe. I had a, a house project, or still do, like progressive house project called Ocean Sky. Funnily enough, that project is what led me to where I am today because um, I'd released some material on, um, what they're called? I've forgotten the flipping name of the label. How terrible is that? But anyway... <laughs> They were the guys that put out the Midnight Remix album. And I'd never heard of the Midnight. And, of course, I was on, I was kind of on the same label. Uh, and I got sent this promo, you know, of the Midnight Remix. And I thought, oh, I'll check this out. And it was all, you know, sort of progressive house mixes of Endless Summer. And I thought, God, this is really good. So I, I was curious what the source material was like and then you know kind of discovered um days of thunder and uh, endless summer i was like jesus what is this you know and was kind of introduced to the synthwave genre and then you know discovered mitch murder and all the rest and you know kind of just went down the rabbit hole and never came back out (laughs) right (laughs) what exactly is a neo soul jazz what does that sound like oh god well it's kind of like um it's difficult to describe now i mean this was back in sort of late 90s early 2000 i did an album in 2005 it's kind of a mixture of do you know incognito i know incognito mode on my browser Well, uh, it's difficult to describe, really, apart from how I described it. Uh, And I can't think of probably... (laughs) (laughs) I'll send you a Spotify playlist after this. Okay. That'll give you some more gen on on the vibe. But it was a good genre. I had a lot of fun. I had um, some really decent airplay and had a whole thing going there. It was good. That sounds cool. Yeah. I guess we can fill this space by me describing what incognito mode on my browser is. (laughs) Like incognito or like a, a soul, jazz, funk. What does that mean, though? Like, is this still like electronic or was there like real yeah. instruments yeah, involved? Yeah. Or? It's, it's a mixture of the two, to be honest. It's kind of like a mixture of, you know, electronic beats and various different sounds. But with, yeah, live instrumentation, sax, brass sections, bass guitarist, guitar, it's kind of... Yeah, a bit of a melting pot, really. Now, do you use samples or do you play real instruments? Both, both. You're a multi-talented guy. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a bit of jack of all trades. So I actually started off playing drums and then my dad is a guitarist. And so he had guitars, you know, laying around in the house all the time. So I used to pick those up and then I became quite a bit of a level 42 fan and wanted to slap that bass (laughs) Um, So I kind of got into bass. And then we had a piano in the house. Um, When I used to come home from school, 
I used to tinkle that and, uh, you know, tinkle away on that. That sounds a bit dodged, doesn't it? Mm. Tinkle that. Uh, tinkle away on that nice. and then kind of wanted to put the whole thing together. So, yeah, there's a little bit of history for you. Hey, man, I love history. <laughs> I'm a bit of a history buff. Are you really? No, not really. I, I watch a lot of 70s porn while I'm in incognito mode. Oh. <laughs> I just knew when I come on with you, it's just going to be a riot. We're just going to go off in all kinds of directions. Well, I tell you what, the main direction is talking about cool music and especially listening to it. So I want to play a track right now. We're going back in time <laughs> all the way to 2019. <laughs> Man, we, we were so young. <laughs> Naive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you released a, a six-track EP. I know you do, you did some of the uh, the singles first. Yeah. Uh, it's called Cherry Crush, but uh, I want to listen to the track Black Rain. Is that okay with you? Totally. One of my faves. Well, let's do it. This is Black Rain by Lavin You.
And that was loving you with Black Rain. And I am here right now. Now, do you say it like that? How do you say Lavenue? Do you make a distinction, go, look, Avenue, or... I'm constantly corrected on that by my German wife. From what I understand, it is La Avenue, but I always say La Avenue because I'm British, ain't it? Right. Of course I does. Nah, I mean, mate. I do know what you mean. <laughs> I like how you put the emphasis on German wife who corrects your French. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, she corrects me generally... <laughs> Yeah, Let's that's just true. get that out of the way. She <laughs> corrects me generally, uh, but yeah, I, I, it was quite amusing that she specifically corrected me on something French. I did think that was amusing. <laughs> Why did you land on Lavenue? Oh, God. I kind of went through that phase that probably a lot of artists in this genre would go through where they think, what the hell am I going to call this project? And, you know, went through so many different variations of names I've got sort of you know pads scrawled all over them I think I kind of came up with the avenue uh, but there was a the avenue at the time uh, I think I thought maybe La Avenue LA you know or LE but then I was corrected by Google Translate that it should be L apostrophe avenue my, my kind of vision for this was some kind of 80s you know, really sort of high-end club in Miami or something. You know, it's just the place that everyone went and, and I could just kind of see the name in neon. And it, it had this aesthetic about it that a lot of the other names and things I had, which were terrible, which I will not mention, regardless if you try and blackmail me or not. <laughs> and um, this one just stuck. So be honest, was there a point in time where it was Lavenue 85? <laughs> It wasn't a La Avenue 85. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be brutally honest. Somehow a number did end up on the pad, on a page of the pad. I would love to say I scribbled it out as fast as I can, but I was very naive in those days, Andy. I, I was young and innocent synthwaver and had no real idea, uh, but I, I came to my senses rather rapidly. Well, a lot of people, I think they pick their birth year. Oh, dear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what would your number have been, Jesse? Yeah, like 98. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard the famous phrase which I've been banging about from Ed, the great Ed of Sunglasses Kid and his words of wisdom. And apparently we don't discuss age in the synthwave circle of trust. Oh, yeah. Those are his words. <laughs> oh, I discuss it in the circle of trust. I'm older than him by a week. <laughs> Excellent. That's the one thing I have over him. Actually, because we've never hung out in person, but I know he's a very tall man. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I have met him. Yeah, I met him at um, Retro Future Fest, um, which was actually 2019. Yeah. See, I'm a man of average height, so I know, like, in person he would dwarf me if I stood next to him, and he's got, you know, like, this sort of deep British accent, and he likes to yeah. talk like he knows a bunch of stuff. Yeah. And so the one thing I have on him is that I'm older than him by a week. <laughs> Which I, I remind him of from time to time. Yeah, exactly. You've got to put him in his in his place, uh, and I, I think that's um, well done. Plus, when you're like shorter, if we ever got in a fight, I could just kick him right in the balls. That's it, or or headbutt him in the balls. <laughs> How tall are you? <laughs> Three yeah. feet tall. So when I go, I'm gonna fucking <laughs> just run right at him and just fucking point my head forward, just like a missile, and, and hope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay. All right. Anyways, so uh, wait. So your dad was a guitar player. Like, did, did he just do it for fun, or did he play in a band? He actually, yeah, he used to play folk clubs, and he actually played with the great John Martin at one point in a folk club. Nice. So then, w- was he like a, a session guy, or did he have his own? No, he, he he kind of was doing it whilst he was at college and stuff. I mean, he is very good, but he it wasn't really a career move for him or, or something. But he's yeah, I'm I'm still jealous of what he can do on the guitar. It's very frustrating. Well, it's always good when a parent can impart the uh, the magic of music to their child. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Do you have like a musical family? Is it just your dad, or is there other people yeah, that were no, doing stuff? Uh, my brother is uh, sickingly talented as well, and I believe it or not, I have a 15 year old son. He's got quite a lot of talent there too. So it's multi generational in the Wilson household. Well, that's exciting. Yeah, it is. My son shows really no artistic aptitude, and uh, I've tried to get him to do things, but he's just way more interested in playing Fortnite and Roblox right now. Yeah, mine has been through that. He definitely went through the Fortnite phase big time. Uh, that's all life. You know, it was kind of school, eating, and Fortnite. Yeah. Is yours the same? Yeah, frustratingly so. <laughs> <laughs> How old is he? Uh, my son's eleven. Wow. Yeah, I think he's eleven. Wow, not too, not too different. Wow. He's been playing games since he was really young, and yeah, I feel bad because it's my fault. Because like I'm a gamer, like so I have all the consoles and stuff, and I like playing games. I know I started him early because I thought it would be cool. I'll be like, oh, it'd be cool. You can play games, and we play games together. But then I never realized what if they just start playing games that you don't like. Yeah, me, I mean. Yeah. And so I don't have any. I have no connection with Fortnite. Yeah, yeah, I understand that. Minecraft, I can play, but it sort of puts me to sleep. It's like a soothing. <laughs> game yeah i understand that you know so i think i started this and now he's just he's on the computer all the time and i wish i could connect more but i just don't like any of the things he plays yeah no i understand that i mean my son was uh being british he was really into fifa Mm. and i don't know if you've ever tried playing fifa but the controls for that game are just ridiculous and he wanted to play that with me and i I was just Terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I literally was doing own goals. You know, I'd be running in the wrong direction. I could, you know, it was just totally embarrassing. So, um, yeah. I do understand that. But, yeah, he's kind of grown out of that now. He he actually just plays his guitar all the time. Uh, last summer, I bought him a, um, a Squire Stratocaster White. And he just plays it every day. He just comes home, plays the guitar. And he's learnt these chords. He knows more chords than me now. It's really frustrating. And he's playing amazing chords. He's like, Dad, listen to this. <laughs> and, you know, does this riff. And I'm like, I want to nick that. <laughs> but, of course, I wouldn't. Well, uh, do it know. now when you don't have to pay him. <laughs> Come on, but me he- album, son. Do a... Uh- do a little guitar riff and uh, I'll uh, even put your name in it in the credits also what's an amazing thing that's happened is you know a, a lot of generations they go through a phase where they're not kind of into contemporary music and they're much more kind of into retro or something like that and that is totally his bag and his retro decade it bizarrely enough is the 80s and that's what he's really really into and uh, what's 
bizarre is with Spotify, I've noticed, he's telling me about bands and things that I hadn't even heard of. It's actually a really nice thing. We're sort of building up even more of a bond through our mutual love of 80s music. It's bizarre. Well, that's nice. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. Do you remember uh, the guitar riff from Uniform of Youth on Mr. Mister's Welcome to the Real World album? <laughs> I love the specificity of the question. It was very detailed, <laughs> wasn't it? Very detailed. I don't, but you can sing it for me now. Ah, okay. Well, it, it, it is that I'll sing it for you now. And you have to do it correctly or else I'm going to get your wife on the phone to come in and correct you. I just can't. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I can't do that guitar if that It's probably one of the best guitar riffs ever. And uh, I, I took him down to Brighton the other, a while ago, we went out for a trip and I said, oh, dude, you've got to listen to this and just put on that guitar riff at the beginning. And it's like, it's, it's jaw dropped, you know. And it's just great, that kind of thing. Really, really, really nice, you know. When other people have like healthy family units, with artistic families and stuff, it's really exciting because I know when my son gets home for lunch, we're about to have a huge fight because he has this assignment <laughs> due that he, re- he he refuses to do. And I'm just like, dude, I am not doing your homework for you. And I have to take his computer away in order to get him to do it. Yeah. And he is going to freak out yeah. when he gets like yeah. when he loses his computer, it's like a part of him. And so it's a big deal. So if I can, you know, uh, appreciate someone else with a, uh, <laughs> a a nice family experience, that's exciting for me. Oh, well, it's not it's not all roses. I mean, we have had, you know, similar circumstances. Actually, funny enough, I was talking with someone the other day and we were talking, you know, I always liken sort of Jimi Hendrix's guitar as almost like, you know, a, an extra sort of part of his body and uh, I do find it you know with kids these days their phones or their computers are just like an extension of their bodies because more of their lives are digital than ours were yeah yeah I think we base more value on having real items yeah you know like actual stuff because we grew up with stuff right physical stuff yeah Yeah, they grew up a lot of digital things so like you know if if his phone dies or like the hard drive gets corrupted on a thing it's all nonsense it's like fucking memes he's collected and things like this but it means so much to him because that's what he has you know and so it's a total different way of of looking at things because for me like it's I mean I, I say that but if someone wiped my hard drive I would be furious but uh, I would be yes a touch <laughs> unhappy <Yeah. laughs> but I tell you what I tell you what makes me happy it's cool music and we're gonna move ahead to Into the Night from mm. uh, 2020 and I wanna listen to the track Field Time Fade by Lavenue
And that was Lavenue with Feel Time Fade. Uh, and I'm here right now with Lavenue himself, Jesse. Hi. Good evening. <laughs> I love these resets. You know, we can be in uh, such a great flow of conversation, and then I just interrupt it to play a song, and then we just kind of sit there in silence like, oh, fuck, I just wrecked everything. <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed that. It was good. It was great listening to it back. I haven't heard it for a while. Yeah. <laughs> Well, look, the point is this, all right? Do you still have a slap bass? I do. And in fact, I recently made a a purchase of the original bass guitar I bought and then, like an absolute idiot, decided to pull out all the frets and make it a fretless bass. Mm. And I didn't know what I was doing. I mean, and I totally ruined it, so I had to bin it. But I loved that bass. And so I found one on eBay and repurchased. It's a, it's a Westone bass, and it's got this beautiful wood texture. So, yeah, I do a bit of the old slapping from time to time for fun. It doesn't really end up on any of my records, but you never know. Why not? Why not? Bring the slap back. Well, I mean, if you got it, right? Yeah. Work it if you got it. That's what I say. You got it, flaunt it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I just sort of sit on my porch and just yell that at women. And I think it's a really appropriate thing to do in this day and age. (laughs) Usually I say shake it if you got it, but that doesn't really... That doesn't really work in the guitar metaphor. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can it, yeah, strum it if you've got it. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know anything about guitars, I just realized. When you said, I took the frets out, I just nodded along. I actually <laughs> don't know what that means. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, you know, you know the long bit? You know that as the strings on, yep. You know that you do all the chords with. Mm-hmm. Well, that's called the fretboard, right? And so the frets are those bits of metal that go down the fretboard. And oh, what's the advantage of removing them? Well, in the bass world, you've got fretted basses and you've got fretless bass. Yes. So. I was really quite into that fretless bass sound. I was into Japan, um, and they had a bass guitarist who's sadly not with us anymore called Mick Khan, who was an incredible musician. And there were people like Pino Palladino who played on Gary Newman's records and stuff like that. So I was kind of interested in creating that kind of sound. So I, I basically took the strings off the bass and then, you know, with whatever... I don't know, screwdriver or some pliers and what have you, just pulled out all these metal bits and then kind of filled it in with polyfiller. <laughs> what does that change about the sound? Is it just that you get more of like a pling? Cause the, yeah. Because the lines sort of separate the notes, don't they? Yeah. Without a fret, you get like a smoother thing, like you can slide up and down without getting interrupted by a metal... It just changes the notes. So if you're if you're playing a particular string and you depress your finger, you're depressing the string behind the fret, which changes the torsion of the string to a, a higher or a lower note. So when you're putting your fingers on the fretboard, you're depressing the strings and it changes the notes of the strings. Right. Whereas on a violin for example, or cello, double bass, you don't have frets and your fingers are literally selecting the notes. Can you play a violin? Yes, and I make it sound like a cat dying. Yeah. <laughs> so I can play it, but very badly. Well, that's too bad. You should have done like a science experiment, taken all the frets you pried off of that guitar and shoved them in a violin. A fretted violin? Yeah. That's an interesting <laughs> concept. That is. Yeah. Wow. 
Hey, man, I'm an ideas I, man. You just created a new instrument. You've created the Vitar. Hey, man, listen. The Vitar. Let's make some money. <laughs> Business talk. Yeah, that's right. I want to get famous enough with this wacky idea so I can go and uh, play fretless violin with uh, John Martin. Sadly, he's no longer with us. So, John uh, Martin's ghost. <laughs> I'm big into the paranormal. I have one of those like spirit boxes, so I'll just open that up and conjure him with an Ouija board, and then uh, and uh, this is dumb what I'm saying. So you are a man of many talents. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, the point is uh, that you're a cool guy. And uh, wait, do you have a drum kit there too? You know what? No, that's next on my purchase list. But I I need um I need another room in the house or to build something, some structure somewhere where I can not annoy the neighbors. Well, a few more years, your son can go to uni. That's very true. Mm. Yeah, and I can have... His room. I like that. Yeah. Why don't you just put claim on it now? <laughs> just say, this is <laughs> this is now the drum room, son. And I'll then tell just... you why. I'll tell you why. Because it's absolutely devastating to me thinking of him moving out. I just, I can't... It, it's kind of like death. I just don't want to think about it at all in any way whatsoever. The thought of him not being here. Awful. Oh, boo-hoo. Jesse loves his son. Big deal. <laughs> I like to, I like to make fun of the love parents have for their child. Yeah, that's my new thing. <laughs> yeah, that's a new experience for me. I, I've never been poked at for loving your kid. That, that's new. That's a new experience. Yeah. Thank you for that, Andy. I'm glad I came on. You know, today is an exciting day. I told you it was the best day of my life, and uh, did you brush all your teeth? Um, I did. Yeah, I've been trying this new thing where I just like when I'm brushing now, and I'll just sit there and brush like one section. Are, are we really discussing this? Just well, I just to... <laughs> I like to I brush just my teeth. To I hadn't moved into some surreal universe. <laughs> well, I was going to explain to you my whole toothbrushing routine. Well, but... I apologize for interrupting you. Please continue. Anyways, I like I like to have nice, clean teeth. So that's the thing. I know people say, you know, you make sure, you know, you're brushing uh, around like you do like a rotating fashion yeah. and you, you do that for, you know, yeah. two minutes or whatever. But to me, it's like it's not done until my teeth feel like smooth, you know? Yeah. Like you, you've been to the dentist and just had the polish treatment. Yeah. 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 I'm with you. I am with you. I even have one of them, uh, you know, them little dentist hook things, you know, the little... Wow. See, sometimes I'll do that to myself. Wow. that That's hardcore. Wow. Impressive. The best thing to do to look after your teeth is actually to brush them after every meal, not just like breakfast and before bed, but actually if you're having lunch, brush them after lunch, right? And so I thought, I'll just do this. I, I work from home. I'm at home. It's no big deal at all, you know? And so uh, I started, you know, obviously after breakfast, after lunch, and then in the evening. And then I got so used to having like a really fresh <laughs> mouth. Literally after anything I would eat, if I have a cup of coffee, sometimes I'm like, yeah, this is like Gandhi's groin through a long, <laughs> long trip through the desert. You know, I need to get rid of this now. And so I'll just go and have a quick brush. And now I've really landed myself in the soup that, you know, virtually after any meal or whatever, I will want to get back the freshness, you know? We go through our whole lives and people always say the same uh, advice, health tips and stuff like this, and we always disregard them looking for the uh, the quick fix, yeah. you know, where it's just like, yeah. oh, well, you know, you should eat healthily and you got to, you know, 
eat these things, uh, you know, and, and then you go, well, what if I don't do that and just uh, take some of these vitamins and supplements and stuff? Yeah. And the same with toothbrushing is like, yeah, like ultimately the thing that is bad is leaving the food stuff on your teeth. Correct. So what you're doing is technically correct, but obviously like everyone just, you know, we don't have time to do any of the stuff, you know, drink eight glasses of water a day and go for a run for 30 minutes. Like, yeah, what is all of that? I don't, I don't know, know, man. If I can yeah. mix some gross green stuff powder into like some liquid and drink it, like isn't that good enough? And I just continue all of my bad habits. I know. So at least we're putting hard work in on the teeth. We can take a win on that. That's good. Yeah. Well, it feels nice to have clean yeah, teeth. I agree. I agree. Maybe we should start a new genre, tooth wave. Uh, I mean, uh, it's only a matter of time. <laughs> So if you want to be the pioneer, I'm right there with you. Talking of teeth, do you want a real fun party game? <laughs> Always. It's called Tappy Tooth. What do you do? So, <laughs> basically, if, if you've got two or three friends together, <laughs> it's a real bizarre game. You have to hold your, like, your, your lips open, your mouth open, and whoever can tap someone else's teeth with their four-finger nail before the other person is kind of the winner. <laughs> Wait, how does that work? Well, you, what you do you mean before the other person? Closes their mouth. You've got to tap their teeth before they close their mouth. Oh, but when you end up jabbing them in the lips? Yeah, but it's, it's, it's like cage fighting. But <laughs> Well, you make sure you haven't got really sharp nails. But, you know, you do it with... You've got to have aim. You're probably supposed to lose points if you hit the mouth or something like that. Or My favorite thing is when people invent stupid games... <laughs> Is the name. I always love... Yeah, Tappy Tooth. Yeah, I remember <laughs> in high school, I used to hang out with the smokers, and we'd play a game called uh, called Bernie Dimey, where you would take the plastic Bernie, wrapping... Did you say Burn Me Dimey? No, Bernie, like Bernie to burn, right. and then Dimey, dime like a 10-cent piece. Ah, uh, that's what I didn't get, being from England. Yeah, mate. yeah, because a dime is like a 10 cent piece. So you ten, you ten take a, yeah, 10 pence. You yeah. take uh you take the plastic wrap off the cigarette pack and you kind of slide it a bit and then you burn a hole in yeah. the wrapper yeah. so that it slowly starts to melt and I think then you put a dime on it and you you take turns burning the plastic like you're playing Jenga and you want the dime not to fall. Oh wow. That's an interesting game. <laughs> I come from a small town where there wasn't much to do. <laughs> and what was that game called again? Bernie Dime. Yeah, because you're literally burning, <laughs> burning the and there's a dime. So anyway, wow. listen, wow. Uh, speaking of cool music, I want to listen to the track. Uh, I want to listen to Dance oh, yeah. off the uh, Into the Night album because this is a great one. And uh, it's by Lav and You. Would you like to dance?
And that was Lavenue with the track Dance. That was one of my personal faves on that album, is Dance. Why? I don't know. It just kind of hit some kind of mystical aesthetic somehow. You know, when, like, you know, you listen to certain pieces of music and they're almost not like pieces of music. They're, they're just, all the elements just come together and they just kind of transcend time and space somehow. And I'm not saying that I do that or, you know, I'm like some masterful artiste mm. who does that. But for me personally, dance kind of had this little element where it had its own life and kind of just hit some kind of aesthetic wavelength that took it off somewhere. Were you like in the groove while you were making it? Did you have like headphones on with your eyes closed, like kind of moving your shoulders back and forth? Yeah, I do probably a lot of air drumming, a lot of air guitaring, air vitaring. I'm going to do some of that tonight, air vitaring. Just imagine when you can uh, swap out that air drum for a real drum and take over your son's room. Yeah. No, no, no. (laughs) What do you do? You say you work from home? What do you... uh... Well, this is the other other benefit of doing the La Avenue project is I am by trade a designer, a graphic designer, so I do all the visuals for the project. That's definitely one of the things that that people say when they talk about you in particular and your music and the the aesthetic of your artwork and stuff that you, uh, you, you know, you have a vibe you're going for. That's been one of the things that people say behind your back. <laughs> yeah, so I was, this when they're stabbing me in the back. This is what they. Well, it's like a, it's like it's like a behind <laughs> behind your back compliment, but they're always just like, "Oh, I love that guy's artwork," you know. So yeah, oh, that's nice to know. That is really really nice to know, actually. Yeah, because um, I've done you know numerous things with different record labels in the past, and actually on a numerous occasions I have done the artwork for those releases but in some cases the artwork would be left to someone else and I would sometimes feel it didn't necessarily communicate what I wanted to communicate or marry up with what the musical content was so that was one of the the blessings of doing this project and I think also with this genre or these sort of multiple genres that are kind of loosely connected it is so much more visual and you know we're relying on a whole back catalogue of sort of visual material from TV movies you know movie posters etc it's so much more than just the music I feel this synthwave bag so then what's where do you get your uh, inspiration for the visuals God, I mean, from multiple places, but mostly, I mean, Instagram has been a big feature. And in fact, I I was kind of busy on Instagram long before I released anything, even under the moniker La Avenue. And I just, (laughs) I kind of just spent so much time researching images. You know, I mean, there's just so much great stuff on there. There's so many people that have scanned lots of like, 80s vogues and god knows whatever else and you know all that material is there to sort of draw upon i get the impression that the vibe sort of comes from fashion magazines and stuff like that like is that one of one of the focuses or yeah, is- not intentionally i mean i must admit i i think also there's quite a lot of flavors in this scene you know you go all the way from sort of dark cyberpunk to the lighter end of pastel 80s miami vice type visuals and the music reflects that too i mean this latest album I've just come out with Electrique. It is dark. It is, you know, the sort of gritty LA underbelly. It's got, you know, I'm drawing upon Lost Boys and Blade Runner and God knows what. Whereas the album I released last summer, Azure, is all about blue skies and bright bikinis. Do you know what I mean? I do know what you mean. 
<laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yes. So I, I kind of like all of it, to be honest. And so I kind of move from one thing to the other, whatever takes my fancy. I've kind of possibly heading off more in the kind of like fashion runway model type vibe on the next one. Then I'm going to, then I've got something else up my sleeve for the one after that. So. It's great to be able to do all this stuff. I'm never bored in this stuff. And, and to be honest, I, I almost feel like there's just not enough time. Well, you uh, you sound like a very busy guy. I like to be busy. In your actual, like, your work, are you just like a freelance dude or do you work for a company, like when you do the graphic stuff? I have my own small business, as it were, my own Ooh. small enterprise. So, And I, I've built up a core client list of people I do work for monthly, which ranges, funnily enough, from record labels to magazines to you name it, anything that kind of moves visually. And then I, you know, I get a numerous people that come along to me for one-off things from time to time, you know, but it covers the whole kind of spectrum from brand and logo design all the way through to um, vehicle visuals and interior interior graphics and, and stuff like that. Do you ever do something for a client and then halfway through realize you like it too much and want it for yourself? <laughs> that is a really good question. Funny enough, no, not really, because the, the businesses are very specific with their own product line. Uh, I, I mean, one client I have, for example, which is totally unusual, but this guy produces edible seaweed. So they basically harvest seaweed and then produce it in a certain way that, you know, it's packaged up and bottled and you can spread it on your salads and all this kind of stuff. And it is really tasty stuff. So I'm doing like his packaging and, and all that kind of gear. And um, so it's not something I'm going to keep that bottle design for myself. You, know? <laughs> you should. <laughs> That's the that's the next album I want to see. It's just got like a picture of like sort of a Vogue model on one side and then just like <laughs> seaweed flying on her face. Well, I mean, the benefit of it, I, I must admit, is that having all these different skill sets and being involved in marketing and, and these different things allows me to put this whole project together and do it just how I want to do it. And that is the beauty of the thing, really. And that's what keeps me really excited and, and just makes it fun because I can just come up with a concept and go, oh, yeah, what visually will work with that? And then go off and research imagery and, yeah, okay, pull that together. I like Electrique, for example. That didn't start off with a title Electrique. It was actually going to be called Boulevard. And I was kind of looking for a very specific sort of L.A. street, you know, that had palms either side. But I wanted something dark and menacing. And then funnily enough, I had this track called Boulevard and it didn't make it onto that album. So I thought, <laughs> I'm going to need a new album title, innit? Cool, blimey. <laughs> and then I, I was in my, I was thinking, oh, what do I call this? And then because I had kind of like Streets of Thunder, Midnight Chase, there was kind of like this automotive aspect to it and that particular album cover I kind of thought ah oh, it's just got to have lightning coming down and then I was in my old hometown of Canterbury in Kent and I went past this um, tattoo parlour which was called um, Electric Tattoo and I thought electric that's perfect why what's the French for electric because hence La Avenue and Electric was born <laughs> of course this is a weird segue now because I want to play a track from Azure <laughs> 
It's funny when I see that word, I want to say azure, but I guess it is azure. Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah, it is azure, and it's kind of a bit of a play on Cote d'Azur. I see. You know, the, from the French Riviera, but it is azure, and it's a particular you know shade of blue. Yeah. At this point, you didn't want to be corrected by your wife, so you just cut the French part off entirely. <laughs> No, because actually, I I really like just the one word sure. azure. I thought that was really. And the the funny thing was, Jordan F. He had a track that was just coming out prior to that, and I think it was called Azure, but or it was Cote d'Azur or something. I thought, God, great minds. That's that's just uncanny. But yes, I, I fortunately wasn't corrected on that one occasion. I'm glad <laughs> that way you can just sit there and just make awesome music and not be interrupted by people correcting your grammar. <laughs> And just focus on the tunes. And I want to listen to this one. It's a track called Erica by Lavenue.
And that was Lavin' You with the track Erica. And I'm here right now with Lavin' You, a.k.a. Jesse, all the way from Canterbury. The Canterbury Tales. I'm not there now. I don't live there now. Well, that's where you're from, right? Well, I was born in Kent and I lived in Canterbury for a while. In fact, you probably know Ben from Duet. Mm -hmm. We found out that we were went to the same school. Not at the same time, but we actually went to the same school. You were there 15 years prior? Uh, two years after. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, just got to clear my throat. <clears throat> yeah. Who the hell is Alex Bone? You know what? He is like one of the world's greatest ever saxophonists. Good grief. I mean, give that guy a track. It just comes out gold at the end. I mean, he's just... He's a brilliant find. So he did the he did the saxophone on this track, Erica. We just listened to. Yeah, yeah. And w- what was great? I mean, he he did. Um, there's a bit of a theme because on the previous release, Lemon Crush, there was a track called Kelly, and he did the sax solo on Kelly. And that was the first time I'd worked with him, and it was just awesome. I mean, it was just awesome. So when Erica was kind of in its infancy if you like i just kind of thought god wouldn't it be incredible if it's literally just like he solos over like half the track (laughs) i just let him loose just like you you know no other instruction apart from make sure you play in the right key (laughs) yeah you know and so i just let him loose on it i there was no instruction really just solo from one minute 30 <laughs> to this stage and you know when he sent me back the files i was just like oh this is just heaven it's just incredible just what i had in mind so how did you connect up with him through the wonders of sound better have you heard of sound better no is it like uh, audio jungle is it like that <laughs> audio jungle <Yeah. laughs> i love that audio <laughs> jungle audio yes. jungle audio oh, that's jungle very good. Oh, you do a wicked British accent. Come on, give me a few lines. No, I can only do <laughs> I can only do audio jungle. That's it. That's pretty good. The way you're saying jungle there, mate. You see, I like that jungle. And yeah. also this. <laughs> hold on. I, I haven't done it in a while. Fuck you, you fucking cunt. No, hold on. <laughs> you fucking cunt. No, I can't do it right now. Sorry. I, I, need, I need to warm up. Oh, my up. God. Is this legal on your show? Only if you say it in an accent. Do you know what one of my favorite films is? Is, uh, is a movie called Snatch. Mm, yes. Directed by Guy Ritchie. And do you remember the character Bricktop? The, the real nasty. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gangster. No, Snatch is an awesome it, movie. It is, but and there's one line I even rem- I even memorized it. It's where he says, "Do you know what nemesis means? It's a righteous infliction of retribution manifested by an appropriate agent, personified in this instance by an honourable me." Yeah. <laughs> well, you're allowed what to say line. it. What a line! You've got the accent. You see, that's it's one of those words that just yeah. doesn't work when it's said uh, with a with a North American sounding. Yeah, yeah. but you you guys have. There's just certain things you can say that that we can't. Yeah, I'm trying to remember because there are there are some that do sound better. Uh, this is simple, but I think stupid sounds better than stupid. I agree, stupid. Yeah, like yeah, when you say you, you fucking say. stupid idiot, like it just yeah. sounds better. But then when I hear people yeah. say like that's stupid, it's like it's yeah. <laughs> it doesn't have the same like cutting. Yeah, it sounds stupid. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I agree, and I, I think certain things. Uh, you know, since um, Seinfeld has appeared on Netflix, mm-hmm. and I, I'd never actually, I never watched it when it originally came out. So we've we've kind of been binging that a little bit. And George Costanza, you know, George Costanza and his accent and the way he, th- you know, off. They say off like that. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
I like, just like I can't do it. I, I just, I just, I can't. I remember being. I, I once uh, visited New York. Uh, I think it was actually yeah, two thousand and five. Do you remember that movie Donnie Brasco with yep. uh, Johnny Depp? Yeah. And uh, there's one scene where he's with the two FBI agents, and they ask him about what does forget about it mean. And I, I can't. <laughs> I still can't say it properly. I, I forget about it. I just can't do it. Anyway, he kind of says, you know, it's got several meanings. It's kind of like. You know, Jimmy says you got a, you know, a one inch pecker and you say, oh, forget about it. Or it means something else. But I was in I was in the hotel and I was having breakfast and it was actually a really sunny day. And the, and the waiter served me he was quite a chatty guy. And I said, oh, man, it's a great day today, isn't it? He said, yeah, it was raining yesterday. Forget about it. And he said it just so perfectly. <laughs> I still can't do it. Yeah. North American accents, specifically New York, is just oh, it's just awesome. Wait, so you're just going through Seinfeld for the first time? Correct. You know, we made a, a real boo-boo. We actually buy it. You know, like Netflix, the way it shows you seasons. And, yeah. and if you do it wrong, you can. Well, anyway, we kind of did it wrong. We, we were on season eight. We started on season eight. And I thought, this is really good. You know, and then I noticed, I can't remember what happened, but I thought all of a sudden it kind of jumped to season nine. We finished eight, went to nine, and Elaine's hair, she looked completely different. You know, she kind of went from, you know, to some real strong 90s look, you know, late 90s look. And I thought, what the hell is going on here? So then I discovered, yeah, we were right at the tail end of things. And so we went, we've gone back to the beginning. But rewinding going back to audio jungle yeah yeah <laughs> uh, sound better is like a web portal for connecting musicians so if you want to find a vocalist or a guitarist or blah 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 you know i wanted to find a really really good saxophonist and uh, alex just popped up straight away and i kind of played his reel i was like this is the guy this is the guy He's just a top guy to work with, really lovely guy as well. He, he's got his own project. He's released his own album. It's kind of like jazz with an electronic edge, but it is brilliant. It really, he, he's just, and it, the musicians that he plays with are all top notch. He's he's kind of like some BBC award winning saxophonist as well. And he's, he's like some sickening age of like 22 <laughs> you know, I just feel, feel nauseous when I think about it. You know, it's just like, oh. Yeah. But yeah, I'm so, I, I literally just emailed him the other day uh, saying, is he around? Because he's been on tour with um, some amazing guitarist recently. I just wanted to check he's around to, to do these these new tracks. And I, I think for, for whoever likes Azure, I think you're really going to like Riviera. Azure was only six tracks. I'm aiming for 10 on this one. So, ooh, yeah. Well, that's exciting. Yeah. I like announcements where there's going to be lots of music because you make cool music. Thanks, man. And uh, I also love seaweed. I don't know. I'm trying to. <laughs> <laughs> this is how I tie things together. <laughs> Didn't I say I told I knew we'd be going off on some great tangents. I mean, we have covered tappy tooth, uh, toothbrush, you know, uh, cleaning regimens to seaweed. We're covering quite a lot. It's here. all about maintaining a positive flow. <laughs> I'm a big fan of the ultra vibe, if you know what I mean. <laughs> wow. Going through the ocean sky, <laughs> eating seaweed. <laughs> playing my West Town bass. You know how it is. West Town, West Town. What did I say? West Town. Oh, that's a shame. Well, yeah, I fucked it up. Quite, that sounds quite good, West Town. I like that. Well, this is what happens when you don't know anything about guitars. <laughs> or basses. Or anything. <laughs> <laughs> 
this is how I live my life. I just sort of talk to people on the phone, or and I do. I I consider this show talking to people on the phone. By the way, and I get to learn new things, exciting things every day, and that's like yeah, yeah, it's quite an edu. Yeah, I guess actually, yeah, if you're talking to different people from different parts of the world, well, that can be that's really interesting, actually. Yeah, man. Well, it's a uh, you know that's that's the fun. This is uh, this is my social life now. I like it. It's your work and social life. That's brilliant. Perfect. And then there's no commitment. You know what I mean? Because when you have coffee with people, and then you have that awkward thing where you got to walk away, and it's like, who the hell is going to pay for this? You know. <laughs> Whereas I if like I just it. have a long and stupid conversation with a person and the only one who pays for it is the audience. I like it. I like it. Yeah. You've thought this through. Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish I thought anything through. That would be an exciting day of my life if I could turn around and be like, hey, I actually thought something through. I'm just winging it and I'm still winging it. So is this mostly like a La Avenue Music Content episode? Uh, Yeah. Wow. Honored. Thanks, man. Hey, man. No problem. You make cool music, and I want to listen to some. I want to go ahead to Lemon Crush. Yay. Six-song EP from May 2021. And I want to listen to the titular Lemon Crush. So let's do that, and then we'll be back. So this is uh, Lemon Crush by Lavenue.
And that was Lavenue with the track Lemon Crush. And I am here right now with Lavenue himself, Jesse, talking about seaweed. Teeth. Yeah, but mostly seaweed. <laughs> if we can take one lesson from this episode. <laughs> My wife eats seaweed. I'm not. I don't really care for it. It's like these little wafers. I, that's I like very it. thin. And yeah, I mean, I like it with a Chinese meal, crispy seaweed. That's really nice. Do they salt it up? They sugar it up. Funny enough, here it's it's actually really quite sweet. They put this kind of like orange. Well, I don't know if it is orange, but they, they sprinkle. It might might be demerara sugar, and it kind of goes a little orange on the top. But it's it's divine. I love it. I love it. What is Canterbury Tales about? God knows. I just lived there. I just I've I've known that <laughs> word my whole life. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it's always strange, isn't it? When you live there, there are just certain roads you've never been to. It, it's quite an old sort of eighteenth century. I think, it, or it could even be earlier. And to be honest, I, you've mentioned you were a history buff, but I, I, I don't know. Those, those kind of time periods just turn me off. So I, I literally, if I don't have to learn about it or don't have to know about it and I can use my time knowing or learning something else that I'm more interested in, I'm more likely to do that. So I would love to tell you what it's all about. I could go on Wikipedia right now and probably pull that out, but I've got no idea, man. Right. I know exactly where they do these uh, Canterbury Tales tours and everything. In fact, we were just back there just the other weekend. It was my wife wife's birthday, and uh, we went to the coast. Uh, I treated her to oysters. Ooh, and look at you, eh? Yeah, yeah. To be fair, when I say that I'm a history buff, what that really means is I watch a lot of vintage pornography. <laughs> I don't want to give anyone the wrong idea that I know anything. I thought it's, you never know. I mean, you could have been really, really into history, so. I mean, I am, (laughs) but like, I don't know if that necessarily counts. I understand. The the point is this, you know, uh, (laughs) it's hard to segue out of a weird thing like that. Wait, so then what's the plan then? What's going on in the future of of Lav and You? I know you've just teased that you've got like eight albums in the works. (laughs) Yeah, just eight. My major kind of focus at the moment is the next album. We're hoping to then have the electric vinyl turn up because uh, vinyl these days just takes two or three months to produce. It's just ridiculous. Then I'm kind of planning what is going to come out next year. The project to date, outside of sort of a few vocal clips and samples like Feel Time Fade and Closer and stuff like that, has been mostly instrumental. And people have been banging on at me, you know, are you ever going to do vocals? Are you ever going to get a singer? <laughs> you know. That is what everyone sounds like, too. It's true. <laughs> That's right, yeah. All my mates, they sound just like that. <laughs> uh, like they're straight out of The Only Way is Essex. <laughs> the next release is next year. And the reason why I kind of actually want to be quite far ahead of them is because I am planning more vocal content on those albums. And in fact, because I've been doing so much musically and I've been asked to do some live work and DJ slots and things like that, and I just kind of don't have the time to dedicate my attention to that as much as I would love to do it. I did have some live work, you know, booked throughout the last two years, which obviously got monkeyed with until it just got cancelled entirely. So that is kind of like the main focus is on the next releases, which will be fuller albums with vocals. 
through the development of like the La Avenue brand and you know last year a few people were like you're going to do t-shirts you know and stuff like that I was like okay yeah I better get on to that so we did some t-shirts and stuff and I was kind of thinking this brand is quite strong and actually rather than just having a few t-shirts it might be quite nice to sort of almost like have a La Avenue apparel sideline which was not just like, you know, we're just chucking out the odd T-shirts, but actually some really quite nicely designed stuff, you know. The usual stuff for now, like T-shirts, hoodies, sweaty... Uh, sweaties. <laughs> yeah. You've got lots of sweaties, don't yeah. you? I've got a few. <laughs> Sweatshirts, that's, that's a good term, sweaties. Mm. But, you know, like he- some headwear and, you know, then, but I would really love to do some really cool designer stuff, just some really cool stuff. So we have in the background been kind of working on that and setting up a store, which I plan to kind of have available for public consumption so people can actually buy stuff through a dedicated store. And there'll be, you know, lots of different T-shirts and lots of different stuff. Well, in that case, by the time this thing airs, maybe this store is already up and people can go check it out. That would be great. That's an exciting thing. Maybe we we should just change the way we're talking about this. So instead of it being in past tense, it's, well, hold on, I'll just go and visit your site right now and I'll dub in like typing noise. I like that. Yeah, it will be laavenue.store. So is it still just L-A or is there going to be like a dash somewhere? No, there's no apostrophe on on the web thing. It's it's, it's like lav and you all one word dot store you can't have an apostrophe in a web address can you you sadly can't but i well i i think that's actually a benefit right (laughs) (laughs) it was always a bit of a dilemma when i chose that name i thought are people going to get this are they going to understand and actually i had i had one woman because i've actually capitalized the a which i'm not technically supposed to do Mm. but she she actually said "Uh, oh are you a venue i said what she said, well, are you in L.A.? Are you in L.A.? Oh, venue? nice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I was like, oh, God, is that how some people see this? And I was always like, oh, yeah, for anyone who wants to search my name or whatever on, on Spotify or whatever, they're always going to have to put the apostrophe in. But I thought, yeah, got to work for it. <laughs> you like working, eh? You're like a busy dude. All these plans. I am a busy dude. Yeah, yeah. What are your plans for a live performance? Is it just going to be a solo thing? Are you going to bring other people in there to help out? Yeah, I mean, like I mentioned, I did have some live stuff booked. And at the time, I was kind of like, yeah, this will be really exciting. And tickets were sold and all that kind of stuff. And then, you know, the the noise that we've just experienced uh, occurred. And then I kind of looked at it afterwards and I, I just... I've played live before, but in different settings when I've been part of a band. And I was aware this is just going to be me, and I didn't want to look like sort of the fifth member of Kraftwerk, <laughs> just standing up there, motionless, you know, kind of static. And, you know, I, I'd come up with some creative ways to make it more interesting. And then I just thought, you know what, if I ever do go to the live thing, then I would like to have it a bit more of a performance and, you know, to, like, bring Alex as a saxophonist for real there. If I'm going to have vocals, then to actually have a proper vocalist there so I can sort of skedaddle to the back of the stage and not be right up front. But you will see. We'll just see how that... I I still don't know how it will go because, obviously, a lot of the material is instrumental. I'm probably going to end up having more than one vocalist. So, you know, one vocalist is going to have to learn other people's tracks and all that kind of jazz. 
Uh, but we'll see where it goes. But for now, I'm all about the new music and, and making that as good as it possibly can and, you know, giving people the best listening experience. They, I, I mean, ultimately, you know, this project is to make people's lives better. You know, they just they get, you know, music that lifts them, makes them feel good and aesthetics that add on to that, really. That's what it's all about. In terms of working with vocalists and stuff like that, do you have something in mind? Like, are you going to be, you know, reaching out to people who sort of already do sort of vocals, you know, in and around the synthwave scene? Or is it kind of important to you to find people sort of outside the, the scene? Like, what what are you thinking? That's a great question. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all your questions are good. Yeah, I kind of thought about this a bit. I mean, I've, I've kind of got some slight collaborations talked about. You know, I did kind of fair amount of research before doing this project and I, I didn't want to just kind of be another synth wave act necessarily. And I kind of thought, well, if you're going to spend time and effort on a project and you want it to be relatively successful or whatever, it's got to have its own unique flavor about it. It's got to be slightly different or just have something. You know, a lot of the main acts that, you know, we know in the scene, they're all slightly different. They all do their kind of thing on it and then there are some other acts which which sound similar to others which isn't a problem but i guess i have that concern vocally that i don't necessarily want to just go to the people that are already on multiple releases because then that just is either going to sound like just another release they've put out or stuff that other people have heard before and i thought it would be quite interesting to work with people that are not so known you know that would kind of give it a new fresh flavor really well i agree with you i think that's a good idea yeah i think it's nice to sort of add some new flavors to the pot well i totally agree with that and uh i would like to now oh fuck me i'm trying to do like a segue to play another song <laughs> Yeah, like you've not done this before. Let's add a new track to the pot, the pot of this show. I'm, of course, referring to um, Electrique. We talked about it before, the album from uh, March 2022. And I want to listen to Missing in Santa Carla by Laughing You.
And that was Lavenue with the track Missing in Santa Carla. And I am here right now with Jesse. I'm going to conduct the rest of this conversation doing this voice. <laughs> How do you feel about that? I'm curious. Was there a particular reason why you selected that one? Um, because I liked it. <laughs> Good. Now, I like that. There's an interesting little story behind this, if you're interested. Tell me. If you have the time. I don't, but I would like to hear it anyway. (laughs) I've had to leave for about 20 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's excellent. Mm. Um, So, yeah, I mean, as I've been working on this project, lots of tracks have been created at different times, but they've not necessarily fitted the theme of a particular release for example you know the stuff on electric is a bit darker it's a bit moodier and some of the releases obviously have been more summer and you know kind of more positive kind of vibe so i've had tracks that have been around for a while but you know waiting to find the right vehicle if you like for them for them to go on and uh missing in santa carla was written quite some time ago actually in 2019 could have even been 2018 and it was always kind of like a bit of a personal favourite but I always felt it was a bit self-indulgent I didn't think people were really going to get it or whatever so I thought my kind of thinking was I'll just sneak it onto Electric no one will notice it's my own album I can do what I like (laughs) what I'll do is I won't put it up front on the album I'll put it towards the end not right at the end but just somewhere where you know it won't be too noticed right (laughs) and um, the joke of it is out of most of the tracks on the album that is the one that people have either played or made a specific reference to I just find that really interesting that something that was sort of closer to me personally is actually what seems to resound with other people too whereas I thought you know they wouldn't you know they'd think oh that's a bit arty farty (laughs) well here I go I thought I was unique by picking this track and now it just turns out I'm a sheep like all these other sheep who just like the same song just a drone oh man this is disappointing (laughs) i'm not a number i am a human being i say that every day on my porch as i yell at the ladies who walk by i tell them shake it if you got it and i also say i'm not a number (laughs) i've got a bunch of great catchphrases that i made up myself one one of my favorites i came up with in the 90s was uh, forget about it (laughs) so you're you're responsible for that fantastic (laughs) phrase i'm honored you know what, talking of history and stuff, mm-hmm. that actually would be quite interesting to know who originally said that, who came out with that phrase and how that kind of stuck. It's off to Wikipedia. Yeah, it probably is, actually. Hold on, let's see. Uh, how could I... Okay, uh, who invented forget about it? Okay, hold on. <laughs> who invented forget about it? Six forgotten inventors whose invention... No, that's not what I want. Ron Popeil, forget about it. <laughs> As it is explained by Johnny Depp, who plays Donnie Brasco in the movie Donnie oh, Brasco. Really? Oh, Ron yeah. Popeil. Uh, you, okay, I guess uh, maybe you don't get this reference. Uh, over here, there was this guy who famously had all of these infomercials. Yeah. And he had like spray on hair and he had this, uh, <laughs> he had this rotisserie grill. Yeah. And the catchphrase was set it and forget it. Set it and forget it. Yeah. Said it and forget it. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's not forget about it, but it's a classic phrase because anyone who had cable television in the 80s and 90s would have this like burned into their head because just like, you know, if you have the TV on at two in the morning, there's this stupid rotisserie grill ad and it was always like, said it and forget it. And the audience would like say, said it and forget it and cheer along with him. Ron Popeil was awesome. Wow. Yeah, he's not alive anymore. Oh. What is the origin of the phrase forgive and forget? Who discovered electricity? 
fuck I gotta change my search engine <laughs> well, that ties in beautifully electric hey man there you go yeah maybe, yeah. maybe my search engine is cleverer than I am it's showing me a, a light at the end of the tunnel a way I can wrap up this uh, conversation seamlessly who built the first house and what even is a house oh, <laughs> sorry God. I'm just reading websites to you now well listen man yeah we can we can probably wind down is there something we didn't talk about that you wanted to talk about uh, I can't think of anything specifically to be honest Unless you have any more questions for me. Happy birthday to your wife. I will pass that on. <laughs> or should I say, uh, bon anniversaire, and see if she tries to correct me on that. <laughs> no, you have to say, alles gute zum Geburtstag. Nein! <laughs> Sorry, that's the only German I know. That and, uh, <laughs> Scheiße! Scheiße! <laughs> yeah, I know a few... Oh, I know a few good phrases. Oh, I bet. Yeah. German's such a funny language because it all just sounds like harsh swearing anyways. Like whenever I hear yeah, it. So. I agree. And it's actually been a very humorous aspect of our relationship because the, the interesting thing about German is like if you've got a sentence what in English, you know, the end part of the concept is at the end, right? Mm. But in German, when you translate it, it kind of flips around and it's at the front. So it is kind of back to front, if you like. So uh, I'll give you an example. One night, very late at night, we'd just watched a movie. And uh, for some reason, it was one of those we'd watched a movie and we didn't have any lights on in the front room. So as soon as the kind of the TV was switched off, it was all kind of dark apart from street light coming in. And she says to me, oh, darling, uh, we need to fly the box. And I, I was quite tired. It was about 11.30 on a Sunday night. And I, I was like, sorry, darling, what did you say? And she said, uh, we need to fly the box. <laughs> and then I was kind of like, did she, did she say fly the box? What are you talking about, fly the box? And she said, oh, no, I'm sorry. I mean, we need to book the flights. So that was just an interesting <laughs> twist. You know, we, you know, we need to fly the box. But actually in English, you know, book the flights. It's round the other way. I'm just trying to picturing now, like, a, a, if planes were like cubes. Like, <laughs> I just had this image in my head of just like these cubes, like just taken off with little wings at the side. It's nice to, to be able to, uh, you know, learn another language. I think it makes you smarter. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's funny. I never envisaged that I would sort of learn bits of German. I, I kind of always had a bit of a tinkering for Le Français. As you can tell, and I, I speak virtually no French whatsoever. In fact, it is quite amusing because a lot of people ask me if I'm actually French. <laughs> and I'm not, no, 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 no. But, you know, and I kind of like Italian. But French is great. I mean, there's that one line, isn't there? I can't remember which matrix it is, revolutions or whatever, where you've got the, um, the Merovingian. Mm. You remember the Merovingian? I do. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not too fond of those sequels. So, like, whenever... Oh, uh, I- no. Yeah, I mean, there were bits in the sequels, and actually this was probably one of my favourite bits, where he's got a French accent or whatever, but he talks about the French language and then utters some line in French which just sounds all so beautiful and curvaceous and floral, you know. But he actually just said, you know, I'm just going to the toilet. <laughs> yeah, my favourite version of that is... Uh, there was this Tool song that I used to like, but it's got this big drum beat, and it's this guy talking in German like he's giving a speech, like a rally, and it sounds like you're listening to something really nefarious because it's a, and because you hear this cheering, and he's like Zimbabwe, Zaledo, Zaledamba, and like everyone starts cheering, and like it sounds like you're listening to something awful, but it's just a recipe for I think it was a recipe for hash brownies or something. <laughs> Because we have this sort of inbuilt thing that when we hear German, it yeah. always just sounds villainous. Yeah, I know what you mean. Anyway. 
tool. The other thing is as well with German, it's quite a robust language. It's kind of like, you know, English is very, you know, we're kind of like if you want to ask someone something or whatever, you're polite, you beat around the bush before kind of getting to the meat and the potatoes type of thing. Whereas German, it's just like, bash, you know, this is the way it was. And, and it has been quite an interesting clash of cultures from time to time. You know, the, there'll be the odd disagreement about something. And I'll say to her, well, you could have said that nicer. And she said, I did say it nice. What's your problem? <laughs> you know, and then you kind of realize, oh, yeah, she was just being nice. It just, German is just straight to the point, you know, whereas I would just like, you know, gently, gently. <laughs> yeah, it, it is one way of looking at things, too, because, you know, like uh, we don't have an unlimited amount of time. So there is part of me that just goes, is it the more polite thing to just get to the point? Yeah, especially if you're like dealing with a stranger, like there's all these uh, intricacies of uh, social norms and things where we want to be as 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 nice and pleasant as possible. And you just think this person doesn't like me and they don't want to see me again. So the maybe the more polite thing would be to be as direct as possible and then just walk away. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, where are you in Canada? I'm in Toronto. Wow, man. I've, I've actually visited Toronto. I've had the pleasure of being there. I went up the CN Tower and I was uh, I had some relatives at the top of Lake Ontario. Fun enough, because you have a Canterbury. We have so many cities that, that are, that are named after... Yeah. We've got a London. We've got a yeah. Waterloo. We've yeah. got a Kitchener. we got... Uh, I'm trying to think what else we... There's... I think that most of our cities are like named after British and yeah 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 towns. yeah yeah. I was really surprised when I had a look look on a map. It was it was doing my head in. <laughs> what Cambridge, London? The, what is going on here? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Cambridge. There's a. We also have a Paris. Wow. But don't you have like the longest road in the world? Isn't there? Like, there's like one straight road. It is kind of out of Ontario, and like the number of ha- of the houses, it almost goes up to like eleven thousand something. Is that correct? Or I got um, well, we totally do have a uh, Young Street, and Young I think is Young Street the one. It cuts through Toronto, but it keeps going. And I think Young Street is considered like one of the longest streets, if I'm not mistaken. Let me look it up. We both feverishly go on Wikipedia. Young yeah. Street, long. <laughs> It's a major arterial arterial route in Indian province, yeah. Yong Street, Y-O-N-G-E. Yeah, it's pronounced like just Yong. What, what is the... Yeah. Oh, here we are. Uh, until 1999, the Guinness Book of World Records repeated the popular misconception that it was 1,896 kilometers long, making it the longest street in the world. This was due to a conflation of Young Street with the rest of Ontario's Highway 11. Young Street, including the Bradford to Barrie extension, is only 86 kilometers. So there you go. Right. So I I was probably confused with that previous false definition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at this, eh? I was was amazed uh, when I went to Canada, the size of the freeways because you've got six lanes on just one side right we actually have some that are eight now but the the biggest only you know you'd have three you know we had six lanes that was both directions <laughs> so i remember getting from a taxi you know coming from the airport and like this is six lanes on just one side 
What? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing, too. I think our cars are wider as well. Yeah, everything's bigger in Canada. Because whenever I would go to Europe, I always remembered the, the little tiny cars. Everything was like... Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you go to Cornwall or Devon, you know, that people's houses are like the size of probably your bathroom, you know, in some <laughs> cases. I remember, I specifically remember how, and when I, you know, saying, you know, everything's bigger there, I remember having a salad in a, an amazing arcade somewhere in, in Toronto. This salad was just huge. I mean, there was no way. I mean, that would sort me out for like several days. The leaves would, it was just <laughs> utterly huge. I, I was just like, what is this? You expect, look at me. I'm not a big guy. You're expecting me to eat all of this? Well, it was incredible. There's a reason why there's a lot of fat people over here. Yeah, but this was a salad. Uh, yeah, but hey, man, you eat enough salad. I know that's the thing when people say like, oh, I'm going to eat all healthy. But yeah, if you eat like a bucket of oranges, yeah, you know, that's a lot of oranges. That is a lot. That is a lot. Way too many for a salad, in my opinion. And how, how is life there at the moment? That's fine. Because you've had an interesting time of it. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, like, I, I, everything I do is inside, so... Right. All my hobbies are here and all that stuff, so really, like, as frustrating as sort of COVID restrictions could be, my life was relatively the same. Wow. Because, like, I don't really do anything. You're lucky. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, cool. Cool. Well, you know, when you work from home, I mean, like the difference was, okay, that, you know, the kids had to do homeschooling and shit like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm the same as you. I'm, I'm pretty much indoors most of the time. If you were, but it's a bunch of nerds. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, man, listen, I'm going to hang up on you now. <laughs> oh, just shockingly brutal. You, you could have tiptoed around to that point, but I know I, I see you going your full full Andy strategy of straight to the brutal point. Yeah, exactly. Well, That's I'm no going to take a page out of your wife's book. <laughs> I should have said goodbye in German, but I don't know the word for it. Avita Zane, or is that hello? Avita Zane, yeah. Tschüss is the light, slightly lighter way of saying it. Dude, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, man, it was fun. And uh, I know you're going to, I usually end this by saying, keep on making cool music, but I know you're going to because you've got all these like 12 albums planned and already structured out and all this. So <laughs> by the time we release this episode, there's a good chance that there'll be some new uh, Lavenue music for people to check out. So that's exciting stuff. Brilliant, man. And you have a, a lovely day over there. You too, dude. Catch up with you soon. <laughs> all right, take care, man. Yes, buddy. Ciao. Bye. All right, and that was my chat with Lav and you. Hope you enjoyed that. We had a lot of fun. That was a <laughs> I was in a silly mood the day I recorded that, uh, but I enjoyed myself. And of course, go check out the music of Lav and you. And that's really all I have to say. So tune in next time. Oh, and uh, don't forget that if you are in the twenty five dollar club or higher, you have been uh, officially invited to take part in a playlist episode with Marco and I. And I will be getting to all of those. Um, we recorded a bit too many in bulk, and it's been confusing using me <laughs> as, as far as the playlists are concerned. So uh, I hope to record a few more maybe at the end of this month. And those of you, I think I've already reached out to you uh, on Patreon or a messenger of someplace. So you guys know that it's coming. And uh, for all the rest of you, if you're interested in uh, joining me and Marco for a playlist episode, uh, if you're in the $25 club or higher, you are invited. And if I haven't sent you a private message about that, uh, feel free to message me if uh, that's something you want to do. And that is all I have to say. Have a lovely week. Keep being cool. And uh, tune in next time to Beyond Synth, the best synthwave chat show there is.
Beyond Synth is made possible by the supporters on Patreon and PayPal. If you enjoy the show, please consider becoming a supporter at patreon.com slash beyondsynth or donating via PayPal at beyondsynth.com. If you want to submit music to the show, please email beyondsynthsubmissions at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow and subscribe to Beyond Synth on YouTube, Instagram, Twitch, Twitter, and Facebook. May the Force be with you. Beyond Synth is made in partnership with your mom. <laughs> <laughs>